This is episode number 70 of the Middle Country Public Library podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm your host this week, Sal DiVincenzo, joined by my fabulous colleague, Sarah Fade. Hello. And Nicole Rambo. Hello. And we are here to both educate and entertain you on all the wonderful things that we have to offer here at the Middle Country Public Library. All right. Listen, we're going to jump right in. Mm -hmm. We have an exciting show. I think, Sarah, why don't you go first? Okay. All right. You have a lot of books here. I do. Well, you know, the library is a wonderful resource for many a thing. Yes. Many a thing. So, so, so we've been talking about Reader's Advisory and uh, the Library of Things collection we have. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have good, like the summer reads. So we have good fiction stuff. We have stuff for you to take out. But we also have good nonfiction stuff here. Right. All right. So um, summer, it's starting to get warm. What do people do? They, they- go. They go outside. They go outside. They go camping. They, they go. go they, they stay inside. They stay in the air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. But but many of folk, they go camping. They You know, it's like, oh, we're going to go camping for a week to Indian Head or the sure. beach or whatever. Um, even Or you could go for a hike and get lost. That's possible. For a day, which I, I did with my dog. <laughs> I won't say where, but it was a very large park. Okay. I went off the beaten trail. You shouldn't have. Should not have, and I and I'm like, oh, I have I have my dog. My dog can sniff her way out, and she did not. No, and it was a little scary though because I didn't get cell <laughs> reception. I'm like, dang, I'm lost. But anyway, so uh, we do have some wilderness survival. I see books. you've brought a lot of wilderness survival books here. Yeah. Okay. So the call numbers, I will I will tell you, goes ranges from six one three to six one six. Okay. Okay. So um, I'll just uh, go over this briefly. And, and you and I, we did a little... We tried a little experiment outside yeah. just now. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So the first book is Wilderness Survival by Gregory Davenport. Now, what's good about this is he talks about what kind of um, things, suggested items to bring with you. So a medical kit, like a, a makeshift medical kit. Um, if you have a cargo pocket sort of thing, what to put, you know. So he has uh, a lot of good suggestions. Um, he talks about different types of fuels to make fires. Nice. Tents, et cetera, et cetera. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So um, the other one we have is called Survival Hacks by Creek Stewart. And we did one of Creek Stewart's um, uh, uh, things tips. there. Tips that was right on the cover, I'm noticing. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So on uh, page 86 here, it's called The Gum Wrapper Fire. Yes. So if you happen to be, you know, lost or you need a fire and you forgot matches or whatever, mm-hmm. but you have a double-A battery. You have to have a double-A battery, though. But they say use it from your flashlight. So a lot of people okay. will have flashlights. They will have flashlights, yeah. yes. So um, grab that double-A battery and you need foil-backed uh, paper candy wrapper. So like a gum wrapper. Yes. Like an old stick yes. gum wrapper. Or, which we did. Yes, we, we tried this with uh, foil. And paper. And paper. And yes. backed it up and it got very, very hot. Yes. We, we, we stopped after it got very hot. And yes. Uncomfortable. So um, what you do now is you trim the wrapper to an hourglass shape, right? Which yes, we did. Yes, we did. And then you take the ends of this hourglass shaped wrapper and you touch the positive and the negative by making like a little bridge, right? Yes. And then because the electrical current will converge on the thinnest part of the hourglass shape. Oh, maybe I didn't make That's it thin the enough. Yes. Now I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. It will ignite the wrapper. P. 
into flames. Yes. Now, we did not have the flames, but we certainly, Sarah, you did feel very hot. I dropped it. Yeah, you dropped it. And I touched it when I picked it up and it was very hot. Yes. Yeah. So I 100% believe that this will work. I believe it too. Yes. Myth confirmed. (laughs) That's Yes. So this is a great book called Survival Hacks. um, And it gives you all these little tips and tricks in case you get stuck in that. Nice. Yeah. So another book we have is called Stay Alive, Survival Skills That You Need by John D. McCann. And uh, he, and, and I just, you know, just rifling through, already found something that he teaches you how, how to make a, a can whistle. Oh, wow. Out of a Coca-Cola can or a soda pop can. That so, is a, is a picture of him in there is very intense. This man, this man is way intense. <laughs> this man is like, <laughs> yeah. he's a Disney villain right there. <laughs> he is scar as a human. Yes. <laughs> um, then we have um, a DK book, oh, which is I love DK books. Yeah, they're they're really they're nicely done and and they have great great illustrations, nicely laid out. It's a first aid manual. Um, so this is good if you know basically facial injuries. Rib injuries, burns, um, insect stings, stick bites. So it tells you how to take care of yourself nice. if something goes awry. Sure. And then the other one we have is another first aid book called Bushcraft First Aid, A Field Guide to Wilderness Emergency Care. Wow. Along the same lines. Very good. Um, and then we have um, 365 Essential Survival Skills by Creek Stewart. Wow. Yeah, so he actually numbers... What is one of his uh, highlights there? Okay, so um, I personally, I saw this immediately and it called to me. It called to you, okay. Skill number 260, it's called Junk Food Could Save Your Life. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I am into this idea. (laughs) So of course he puts the word fatty in there, but fatty chips and snacks fried in oil make incredible fire kindling. No, uh-huh. yeah. no, I want to eat junk food. <laughs> so the high oil content makes them very flammable. In fact, a small bag of Fritos can start a survival fire in the worst of weather conditions, which is good. And they're conveniently packed in a waterproof bag. So next time you're at a campfire, hold a match to a snack chip and see for yourself. And you make that fire out of that AA battery. Nice. Candy yeah. Candy wrapper. Very cool. So these are just some of the books. So before you guys go camping... It's nice to have. And hike. plus it's just I have to I have to be honest, I probably mm. would just read them just out of curiosity of some interesting things. Yeah. So we do have a you know, these are just some of the books that we have, yeah. so. And we'll put them in the show notes. Mm-hmm. We'll put a, a a link to search for these types of books mm-hmm. in our catalog. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. Thank you, Sarah. You're welcome. Nicole, what do you have for us this week? Okay. Well, summer reading is coming up and we want everyone to register for that. That's Adults, teens, children, everybody. But sometimes it's hard to know what to read next. Usually you have like a book that you really love and you're done with it. And then, you know, what do I read next? That's a big question. So I just have some resources that you might want to look into to see, you know, what should I read next? So in the library here, we have the database. We have Novelist, which is a resource that you can go into. And it's a little bit more extensive you know there's a lot of different ways to filter it out and i've talked about this before i think you can go back to like the older episode to get more about novelist if you want like kind of a shortened version you could sign up for next reads okay cool through us and then we'll email you once a month with some um books that we think you might like based on um your interests right yeah what you've read before what you say that you're interested in when you sign up um there's also when you do register for Summer Reading Club, which we hope that you do, you'll sign into Beanstack. And if you check off the yes, they'll send you book recommendations as well. So that's another way. 
Publishers Weekly is another really good um, online like website, but they also email you. You can get like a digest and they'll email you stuff, but they have a really good um, breakdown of like what to read next, what's coming up. And they have it. We'll put this link in the show notes, but they have like summer reads. So all the new summer reads coming out and it's filtered by picture books, middle grade and young adults. So that's really good. So if you have children, young teens, you can kind of see you know, what's going to be popular, what's coming out, and you can see if you can grab some titles that pique their interests. Nice. Goodreads is another popular one you probably have heard of, but they obviously have a ton of different like top 100s, top 50, top, all that stuff that um, can help you spark interest. And you can read people's reviews, which is nice, um, so you can get an idea of something that you like based on what other people have to say. Another popular one I know with at least one librarian here, but I think a bunch of us use it too. It's Book Riot. <laughs> <laughs> I left this off. <laughs> I feel like it is established. <laughs> That's some resource that I use. <laughs> but yeah, Book Riot. But another one, it's actually for younger readers. It's called A Book and a Hug. Okay. com. Yeah, it's really sweet. And so it's mainly like picture books, like younger reader books, which is nice because I think a lot of this stuff is for old. You know what I mean? Like um older adults or even like young adults um so this one's like speeds more towards picture books and you can kind of you know if you have read books that you want to put in they'll definitely suggest stuff like that but you can do like personality type and you can filter by a bunch of different um things as well so if you don't really have something that you want to know like you read something or you don't have a favorite yet say you just have like kind of a general idea of what you might be into what you don't like okay you can kind of filter it that that way which is nice um, whichbook.net is another one cool that you can like pick like I want to be happy I want to be sad I want it to be like leisurely <laughs> I want it to be whatever I want to be miserable today yeah. I'll read this book <laughs> and um, bookseer.com is another one that you can um, type in what you just read so if you you know what you just read I guess that you liked you type in the author and the book title and then it recommends it's based on it looks like it's pulling from amazon kind of like based off amazon recommendations okay. but then at the bottom it is nice it's like but you know try to find these books at your local bookstore or library oh that's nice <laughs> so they're a not little, like a little shout out for us yeah they're not like pushing amazon but that seems to be where they're like pulling their information from which you know that's all right amazon has a lot of stuff on there cool. but we want you guys to come to us and if there's any books on these lists or any book that you find that you're interested in that you don't see in our catalog make sure to tell us we will order it for you or find it from another library or whatever we have to do because if you're interested in this book other people are probably interested in this sure. book and we definitely want to have everything in our collection that you are reading or interested in reading or want to read so awesome yeah. do you find that you read more in the summer than you do in the winter or is yes it just i'm very much a like by the pool reader okay cool yeah they, they're coming out with the uh uh or i think it's out already but it's a waterproof kindle <laughs> i'm so excited i'm getting one nice very <laughs> I'm good i'm treating myself to that yes awesome so, yeah definitely very good I'm excited for this i'm gonna use some of these for sure yeah great resources yeah. thanks so much nicole yep. And for our focus segment this week, very happy to have Kristen Todd Worm, the National Coordinator of Family Place Libraries, here in the studio. Hello, Kristen. Hi, Sal. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. So um, for our listeners who don't know, what is Family Place? Okay. So Family Place Libraries is um, it's a national initiative. Um, it 
is something that um, works to create family fam- family friendly environments um, in libraries, kind of making them into community centers for literacy, for early child development, and for um, family support. It's something that is now actually in 580 sites. Are in you kidding me? 31 states. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so it's grown a lot. And we are the national model. We are the national we, model. We were the start of this thing. Yes. So it started um, a long time ago, um, 22 years ago, actually, here. We branded it Family Place Libraries about 22 years ago. But it actually started even way before that, before it was branded a national model here at Middle Country Public Library. And um, still to this day, we are the training facility for it. So librarians come from all around the country, and we have a core Family Place team who trains them. um, And then we actually go to their site um, within two years following to um, ensure that they are um, ready to do the core components and that they've implemented everything correctly. So um, all of the core components that is a family place library is replicated at each site. So it's a standardization across the country. Yeah. So there, I mean, there's flexibility within the standardization, but um, basically they have to run the parent-child workshop, which... Um, what is the parent-child workshop? Okay. It's, it sounds like it's a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we run it here. So okay. any of our patrons, a lot of our patrons with little ones probably have attended it. Great. Um, it is a five-week series. It's a program um, where parent and child come together and um, it's toys and open-ended play and um, an art exploration activity, but it's also... Um, we bring in a resource professional from the community um, into each workshop, and they're not there to do a presentation. They're not to, there to do a PowerPoint. They're not there to diagnose a child. They're there to answer parents' questions. So we're talking about having a speech pathologist in the room, having um, a nutritionist in the room, someone on child development. So a lot of times parents come in and they might have a little bit of a concern, say, about their child's speech. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe they've asked their pediatrician, but they're not really sure. And a lot of times what happens is when they see children of their same child's age, that's when they start to think like, oh, is my child talking enough? Is he or she not talking enough? And so that resource professional is there and does it in a very like a relaxed, laid back environment. But a lot of patrons, um, not just ours, but around the country have been connected to early intervention services through this informal. Because of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. And it's a much more relaxed environment. You know, you're coming into a library to play. You're not going to a clinic to be evaluated. You're not. And things just kind of happen naturally there. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a moment Mm -hmm. because people hear the word play. Yes. And they don't, they maybe not take it as seriously as as I think they should, right? I mean, doesn't... 100%. So tell me how important play is for a child's development. So one of the other core components is having a um, early childhood space on the public floor of the library. So if you go into any of our family place libraries, there will be a space where parents and children can play on the floor. And, you know, a lot of people have reservations about the idea of toys in libraries. Like, yeah. you know, when I came to a library when I was little, there wasn't toys, it was books, and you were quiet. And, you know, yeah. Libraries have now reinvented themselves into community centers. And I like to say to people that a two-year-old, it's just as important for them to play and have a toy as it is for anybody to have a book. You know, that's how children learn. Play is really the vehicle for learning at that age. And if we're going to be centers for lifelong learning, then we need to be doing it from birth. So that really is what Family Place works to do and works to make libraries that early childhood center for that. Absolutely. So it's a Great thing that we have here, mm-hmm. uh, and it's amazing that we're the national model. So our our patrons are like, you know, wow, they yeah. they, they have the access to the you know the creme de la creme of of, of the uh, the resources. Yeah. Um, what does a patron have to do to 
take advantage of, of these services? Anything special? What well, you- um, our parent-child workshop is geared towards children um, ages one to three. Okay. So um, we offer it um, in the fall. We offer it in the spring. We offer it at least five or six times a year. Okay. And they're five-week series, so they can just register online. Okay, great. Um, and also our play spaces are available in Center Each and the Selden Building. Our Selden Building, our play space was just really, you know, newly renovated with Very the nice. renovation. Yes. Beautiful new um, toys there. And that's open anytime the library's open. And that's why Family Place has that model because we know that not all parents can come you know, Saturday morning at 10 or Wednesday morning at 10 to the workshop. So sure. they have that space available whenever the library is open so that parents can not just play with their child, but meet each other too and kind of get that, that parent-to-parent support. Absolutely. Now, we believe it or not, we do have librarians who listen to us okay. <laughs> to listen to the podcast. And we have some librarians, believe it or not, who listen to us out of state. Hello, librarians if, out of state. If uh, if uh, a librarian is listening to us and does not have the Family Place program mm-hmm. in their library, how can they contact us to find out to become a Family Place library? So if they want to view all of our core components and everything that Family Place libraries, um, you know, the, the actual components, they can visit us at www.familyplacelibraries.org. Um, they can look about, they can read about our trainings on there and what it um you know, what it entails to become a family place library. Um, it does entail training here in New York. So um, it's a big commitment, but it's a wonderful commitment. And um, they would see all of our future training dates that are coming up. Fantastic. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for coming down thank and you for letting having me. everybody know about this amazing thing that we have that started right here at Middle Country oh. and is available to our patrons. Thank you. And that does it for another episode of the Middle Country Public Library podcast. To listen to older episodes or read our show notes, visit our website, mcplibrary.org forward slash podcasts. Or if you like, you can visit our Podbean site, mcplpodcast.com. So for Sarah Fade and Nicole Rambo, I'm Sal DiVincenzo. We'll see you on the next show. 